Hello and welcome to the Collapse Experiment. And today we we have more news on the World War III front, as I like to call it, because uh, it's very obvious we we are at war these days, even though nobody's declared it and they're playing uh, Cold War tactics <laughs> horribly, quite horribly. But um, yeah, so in the midst of Russia and China solidifying their their little marriage in uh, conflict, um, Joe Biden is still wandering around the halls of the White House uh, looking for ice cream. I have no idea. I don't know what this man does, <laughs> but it's it's not taking care of the country. I don't think any of his administration is really concerned about taking care of the country. Go ask uh, East Palestine. So... The first article I have here is U.S. Army establishes first permanent garrison on NATO's eastern flank. This is from the Libertarian Institute, and you can find this article at thecollapseexperiment.com. The U.S. Army has officially opened its first permanent military garrison on NATO's eastern flank in a ceremony on Tuesday. Stretching from the Baltics to the Black Sea, the eastern portion of the North Atlantic Bloc is made up of eight nations, all former members of the USSR or Warsaw Pact. The U.S. Army's V Corps will will now have a lasting presence at Camp. Oh, hmm. It's in Poland. How about that? How about Kosciuszko? Kosciuszko in Poland. I have no idea. You can you can look that name up yourself. Um, not anywhere near English, I'd have to say. The uh, V Corps uh, Command General uh, Kolshinsky uh, explained the garrison showed that Washington is deepening its military commitments in Eastern Europe. The relationship of the U.S. and Poland serves as an example of the deepening ties throughout the alliance. And keep in mind, this is right after Poland says, hey, we're going to hand over these fighter jets to Ukraine. Uh, today's activation ceremony is a tangible reminder of the growth of our relationship. Because <clears throat> Poland apparently is not capable of building their own military. As the Soviet Union crumbled in the early 1990s, Western leaders repeatedly assured Moscow that NATO would not expand into former USSR states or establish bases in Eastern Europe. Oops. However, since George Herbert Walker Bush administration offered those guarantees, all subsequent U.S. presidents have violated the pledge and pushed NATO's military footprint closer to Russia's border because we are continuously run by idiots. Polish Defense Minister Blas... Blaszak. I'm going to Blaszak described the garrison as historic, saying the Warsaw has been striving for all this for this uh, for years for this word permanent and it has now become fact. Yeah, it's only as permanent as uh, Russia lets it stay there. This is a historic moment, a sign that the United States is committed to Poland and NATO and that we are united in the face of Russian aggression. Funny. Funny how now that like Al-Qaeda and all these other terrorist organizations are out of the picture of Russia, we got we to gotta focus back again on Russia. 
The Pentagon currently has two officers stationed at camp and 200 additional troops at the base on a rotational basis, as Washington had already kept about 10,000 troops in Poland previously. An analyst at the Polish Institute of International Affairs, yeah, that's quite the name, argued the significance of a new garrison is primarily symbolic. Oh, primarily symbolic. Well, that's nice, so kind of kills that whole permanent thing that they were talking about. Poland has been a key hub for Western arms shipments to Ukraine, <clears throat> given its location. While Camp uh, Koshlinsko is not located near the border, an American diplomat explained the garrison was created to confront Russia. Oh, to confront Russia. In a statement shared on Twitter, U.S. Ambassador to Poland, another ski, uh, the decision to open a long-term base proves that the United States is committed to Poland and the NATO alliance and that we are united in the face of Russian... Again, they're just... Okay, so he got the same talkie points as the other guy. Yeah, uh, keep in mind, uh, this is also not including the 101st Airborne that is stationed there, the special forces that are training Ukrainian troops in Poland... The private contractors that are moving arms across the border into Ukraine. Uh, more private contract, private private contractors. Tons of private contractors are over there. <clears throat> so yeah, that's uh, that's happening because apparently we have to confront Russia. Why hypersonic weapons change everything? I thought this might be an interesting article. Let's see what they have to say. This is by Trend Compass. When it comes to all matters military, I have been following a handful of analysts, among whom Croatian Admiral Domazets, Domazet, Domazet, yeah, uh, emerged as perhaps my favorite. He has a deep and detailed command of technical matters. Um, <laughs> more importantly, he has perhaps a clearest understanding of the broad historical context of today's clash between Russia and the Western powers. Fortunately, Domazet does not give many interviews and none in English. Oh, well, this was apparently a very short article. But I thought that this last one was important enough to share more broadly in this article. If you happen to speak Croatian or Serbian languages, you can find the interview. It runs over two hours. The context is everything. Okay, so it looks like he breaks it up into key points because this is from a two-hour interview that this dude made. Uh, Domazet is the only military analyst I know who takes into account the history of Western financial oligarchy, their Venetian roots, and migration to Amsterdam where they formed the Dutch Empire. Subsequent move to blah, 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 blah. Okay. However, this the part of Domazet's last interview that I found particularly worth sharing, well, thanks for starting with that, uh, was what he laid out about Russia's hypersonic weapons. It was in 2018 that Vladimir Putin took the stage to present Russia's new hypersonic weapons. The term hypersonic refers to missiles that fly at speeds of 5 Mach and higher. Uh, at the time, many of the West dismissed Putin's claims and thought it was a bluff. Now, we now know that he wasn't bluffing. Russia is the only country in the world that has deployment-ready hypersonic missiles, not one, but three types. Zircons. Kinzals and avant-garde's avant-garde's that's okay 
Domazet explained why these weapons are radical game changers in warfare, namely in World War I. Tanks were the game-changing military technology since World War II. It's been the Air Force. Aircraft carrier strike groups have been an irres irresistible force where they traveled, dominating the seas ever since. But hypersonic precision missiles have rendered that force obsolete overnight. Okay. <clears throat> I had a feeling about this. The main military front in today's global conflict, according to Domazet, are the anti-ballistic ABM batteries, which the U.S. has set up on the Poland-Romanian axis, and the Russians on the North Pole, Kaliningrad-Crimean-Syria axis. These are defense systems conceived to intercept incoming nuclear missiles. However, today's ABM systems are only effective against missiles flying at speeds up to Mach 3.5, or 3.5 times the speed of sound. Kinzhal turns mighty aircraft carrier strike groups into sitting ducks. Yep, Moscow calling, we can sink all your carriers. Kinzhal was developed by the express purpose of destroying aircraft carrier strike groups. If it could destroy a warehouse built to withstand a nuclear strike and can cut through an aircraft carrier like a hot knife through butter. Oh, that's that's unfortunate. Russia will run out of ammunition any minute now. Experts say Russia has the capacity to build about 200 of them per year and now has many of has means of delivering them anywhere from aircraft, ships, and submarines. In addition to destroying aircraft carriers, they can destroy NATO's ABM missile sites also, in a nutshell, Russia has for now won the arms race. Yeah, thanks for uh, keeping up on things, but no, pronouns and wearing high heel shoes in the military is more important than uh, national defense. In the meantime, we're at what, almost a trillion dollars in our uh, Pentagon budget, and for some reason, we we don't seem to be getting shit for that money. So, interesting. Let's see. Ooh, well, this is new six minutes ago. Uh, I wasn't planning on this one, but let's take a look. North Korea launches another set of missiles amid U.S. calls for U.N. intervention. Come on. Come on. You can bring it up. Do it, phone. You can do it. There you go. Fired yet another round of missiles as the United States seeks greater intervention from member states of the United Nations. North Korea's Joint Chiefs of Staff reported the latest round of missiles at 10.15 a.m. local time on Wednesday. Uh, the weapons appear to have been fired from the South Hamgong province. According to reports, we will successfully wrap up our Freedom Shield exercise as planned under firm combined defense posture. The U.S. military said in a statement according to Reuters. Uh, Freedom Shield 23 woo, uh, is a joint exercise in the U.S. and South Korean militaries. The two nation militaries have for weeks been carrying out annual exercises including air and sea drills involving U.S. B-1B strategic bombers. Uh, yeah, okay, those are interesting. I'm still... I. I always think of, like, the B-52 for some reason. Probably because it's, what, the longest reigning aircraft that we've ever used. The Wednesday incident follows another round of missiles that were fired on Monday local time from North Korea's shores. 
The incident prompted the U.S. Department of State to comment on the need for greater intervention with other member states of the... Okay, so you're repeating yourself. I hate it when these writers do this. Uh, photo provided by North Korean government shows what it says is an artillery drill in the undisclosed location in North Korea. That's not artillery. That's rockets. The launch is in violation of multiple Security Council resolutions. <gasps> I don't think they care. So yeah, uh, more news out of North Korea. Let's get back to the website, shall we? China backs Russia's draft UN resolution on Nord Stream probe. This is what is probably going to end up biting us in the ass. Uh, China's backing Russia's efforts to get to the bottom of the Nord Stream pipeline sabotage attack with state-run Xinhao uh, in Wednesday announcing the foreign ministry's support for a UN Security Council draft resolution. Are, are we just going to veto that? Like, Russia vetoes all the stuff that uh, we don't like doing? Or, or is that China? Or is that both now? <clears throat> I, I have a feeling the UN is just going to end up being useless by 2030. Russia has gotten more vocal about alleging that Washington was behind it following the publication of legendary journalist Seymour Hersh's report, which detailed a CIA and U.S. Navy covert op in coordination with Norway's intelligence services. Oh, those Norwegians. Citing a foreign ministry spokesperson, Xinghao reported Wang made the remarks at a regular press briefing in response to a media query and Russia's draft resolution at the UNSC in February calling for an international independent investigation commission whew, on the gas pipeline incident. Russia is said to have started the silence procedure on the draft with the United States and some other Western members of the UNCSC broke silence and objected to such a commission. Moscow and Beijing have taken Washington's resistance to its resolutions as a sign of guilt, while also supporting Western allies are obfuscating. Ob yeah, obfuscate words. Uh, Wang said China has also noticed the attitude of some Western members of the UNC. SC and hopes that they will truly abandon geopolitical selfish interests, earnestly fulfilled the obligations and responsibilities of its members and constructively participate in the consultations of the draft to make positive efforts for an early consensus on the resolution. Yeah, that's just not going to have either. Here's the, the weird thing. You're not going to have a non-biased investigation into this. So Russia is going to investigate. They're going to come to their conclusion. The U.S. is going to make up some bullshit story to cover their own ass. They're both going to go back and forth and say that each other is lying, even though one probably has better evidence than the other. And then there's the U.N. who's just like, we don't know what to do. The Kremlin has also lately heightened that the latest mainstream media narrative out of the West is meant to distract and divert the spotlight off Washington. Yeah, they're they're blaming Ukraine. It was like a Ukraine Ukrainian support group. Uh, allegedly, the theory that's gained prominence is that rogue Ukrainian partisans blew up a natural gas pipeline on September 26. However, Russia officials 
have laughed this off, stressing that the bombing would have been of such difficulty as to require the resources of government and military intelligence apparatus. Yeah, and they would know. <clears throat> they would know what it would take to blow up their, their pipeline, and you're not going to do it with a sailboat. <sighs> we never plan ahead for any of this stuff, do we? So, yeah, um, two other stories that I'm going to share in a different podcast. So, uh, as to not waste your time if you're not interested in these other two topics. So, having said that, that is your close to end of the week World War III update. Hopefully, uh, you are stocked. You have your bunker cleaned out. Um, your five-gallon bucket and cat litter ready. Because uh, poop might just hit the fan. Keep on typing.